Hi everyone. If you were with us this morning, uh, or even just a little while ago, you saw that we had some more technical difficulties. We apologize for that. Um, that's just one of those ah, kind of moments, and we'll try to figure out uh, what was happening. So we've just opted to record this and, uh, and give it to you as soon as we could. So I'm going to loop back to where we started, and that was talking about um, this whole series we're in about knowing God's will and how sometimes knowing God's will is like you're in a race and you are trying to figure out what's coming next. How far away is it? Should I go this way or should I go that way? And when it comes to knowing God's will, maybe it feels like that sometimes for you. And I think people sometimes fall into categories and we like to compartmentalize and kind of identify people. And so when it comes to this idea of knowing God's will, sometimes I think there's a group of people and maybe you're one of these that there's a sense of fear that I've got to get this right or else God might be upset with me for choosing the wrong thing. And so you live often in fear that you might not know what God's will is and get it wrong. Then there's a group of people that are, um, they maybe over-spiritualize a lot of these elements of things like knowing God's will. So I might ask someone, uh, you know, would you be able to get involved with us in this area? And there are some people that the standard response will be, well, I need to pray about it and see if that's what God wants for me. And while I encourage people to seek God's heart um, daily, I think sometimes with cases like that, it might be just a lot easier if you said, yeah, no, I don't think that's for me. Or yeah, I'd love to. Or it might even be, you know, I just need to think about that for a bit. But we've created a culture where we feel like it's appropriate to say, well, I need to seek God's will. But really, it's just maybe a way of not committing to something when it might be a, a lot easier just to say yes or no. And then there's a group of people that uh, you might fall into this camp. You just kind of do life and you don't really think about what God might be interested in. Or you're maybe not even aware that God cares about who you are and the decisions that you're making and the direction that you're taking in life. And so there are all these different responses to God's will. Maybe you fit into one of those categories. Maybe you don't. But we've been using this series to say, how do you discern what God wants for you in life? And we've started off by looking at Scripture and how Scripture leads us to Jesus. And when we open ourselves up to Jesus, uh, as Paul says in Philippians 2, he actually leads us into having the desires and the ability to do what pleases God in the first place. Last week, Christopher talked about using rationale or, or your reason or wisdom and that we have the mind of Christ. When we follow Jesus, we have the spirit of Christ, and that leads us into having some ability to receive input from the spirit so that when we're thinking thoughts, those are actually the spirit in, working in conjunction with us, which really brings us back to that Philippians 2 passage. Today, I want to talk about the whole idea of community and how community helps us know what it is that God wants. I want to read from a passage of scripture out of a letter in the New Testament. It's called Hebrews, and it is written to a group of people kind of generically. And this is what the author writes, and you can follow along. 
says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. That passage of scripture uh, is about this race that God has set before us. And that's what we were just talking about. This whole idea that sometimes when we're living our life, it feels like a race and we need to navigate that. And the, the author here is talking about the fact that we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And I think it's really important that we pick up on, on language in the scriptures at times. And, and the, to me, the biggest word that stands out in, this, in these verses that I just read for you is the word we, or the word us. You see, when it comes to living your life in, in following Jesus, you are never doing that alone. One, God is with you, but also when you choose to follow Jesus, and a lot of you have been following him for many years, there's this realization, this uh, recognition that you are part of a community, you are part of a family. And so when the author is writing here, uh, you know, they're writing, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. There's this wonderful awareness of the community that not only we're with now, but the community that has gone before us. And that cloud of witnesses they're referring to, I think, are the people that he writes about in the chapter before uh, we get to these verses. So Hebrews chapter 11, the author just lists all these people that you can read about in the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. And he says, these are the people that are considered heroes of the faith. And they lived a lot of their lives, I think, with the kind of uncertainty that we would still feel today. And you can read all about them, and I encourage you to in Hebrews chapter 11. And when he talks about we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, you could look at it in the sense that somehow maybe they're able to see into this realm and, and, and we're being watched by them, but that might feel a little bit creepy. Uh, another way of, of looking at it is that they are witnesses to us in that their story speaks into our lives today. They are still speaking into our lives when we read about their stories, when we enter into their story and we live out their story with them as we read the scriptures. Uh, it's an encouragement for us and they're speaking into our world today, not only for us as a community, but for you as an individual. And so some, I've talked about this before, uh, the church uh, years ago used to have this uh, expression, WWJD, what would Jesus do? And I've often pushed back and said, no, 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 it's what did Jesus do? Look at how he interacted in his world and learn from him the principles of how that applies now. The same would be true for the community, the community of faith that we meet in the scriptures. And then I think there's this projection in the scriptures that we can actually look to the church itself in the 2000 year history of the church and look at the people that have come before us who are speaking into our lives when it comes to knowing what it is that God wants for us. And then that you can extend that into the community that you're a part of now. We are surrounded by this cloud of witnesses. We discern these things together. 
So in the previous weeks, when we've looked at scriptures that talk about discerning God's will, when you go back and read them, you'll find that often when it's talking about you, that's a plural you. It's not you as an individual, it's you as a people. And so the community is, is so important for you in being able to discern God's will for your life. So use the stories, not only of the people we find in the scriptures, but of the people that you're in community with here at New Life or your home church, uh, or maybe it's some other uh, followers of Jesus that you're connected with. So in that race of life, you're not alone. You're on a team. And be willing to embrace that. Now, the author also kind of leads us through this first verse here that says we're surrounded by these witnesses in chapter 11, but then goes on to say, you know, when we run that race with endurance, we do so in verse 2 by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And so the culmination of that cloud of witnesses is Jesus himself. And whether it's the scriptures leading us to Jesus so that when we understand who Jesus is, we also understand who God is. And when we open ourselves up to his lordship in our lives, he leads us into doing the things that please God. But I also think that Jesus is also active in the community. So the community that you're a part of now, Jesus is in our midst and he's working among us and he's leading us and he's guiding us together. So earlier in this letter in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, the writer says that the word of God is living and active. And it's, it kind of penetrates us and it speaks into our lives and it just leads us more and more into the living word of God, Jesus himself, who takes a whole bunch of people together in community and not only helps you as an individual, but helps the community discern God's will together for them. And the scriptures are full of examples of people who didn't just rely on their own ability to seek out what it is that God wants for them. They leaned on other people. They trusted the community that they were a part of to help them know what it is that God wants. Let's be honest, you and I live in a culture that is hyper-individualistic. Most of what you do every day, you decide to do on your own. And the message that you receive over and over again is that you are the master of your own destiny and you decide what's going to happen in your life. And the wonderful thing for me about the the faith community, people who follow Jesus, is that we can push back against that and realize the value of having others in our lives. And for some of you, that might be your family, but I think uh, the scriptures invite us into this larger family, the family of faith, that help us discern God's will together. And the hardest thing that you are going to be able to, to do is to open up to other people in your life and give them a voice into helping you discern what it is that God wants for you. And Jesus has made it possible for that to be true. When there's a community of people and we are each loving each other like Christ has loved us, which means that we seek the benefit of the other even ahead of our own. We are loving each other like Christ loves us. That is the most beautiful love that you will ever experience. And when there's a community of people that are seeking that together, 
then they only want what is best for one another. And when it comes to discerning what it is that God wants for you, having people in your life who are willing to be that way for you can be so helpful. So you can read the scriptures and still read into it what you want to see. You can use your own wisdom or your own uh, reason and you can still fool yourself. But it's much harder to have use to seek out the scriptures and to, and to use your common sense or your rationality and then fool the community around you that are discerning God's will for you together. And there's power and safety in being willing to do that. However, that means you have to be willing to trust them. And for a lot of you, maybe you've been burned, you've been hurt before. And the idea of trusting someone with some of the, the big decisions in your life is just not something you want to seek out. And maybe you as an individual, maybe you as a couple, um, you just don't want to allow others to speak into your life. So you do everything in your life um, based on your own ideas and your thoughts. And they could very well be totally in line with what God wants for you. But the community is so much a part, should be so much a part of your life that um, to exclude them from some of the big decisions you want to do in life, I think is, is just to miss out on, on the opportunity and the beauty of experiencing how God works in us. So here's a few final thoughts around all of this. When it comes to trusting others in your life to speak into your decisions, vulnerability precedes trust. You might be tempted to think that it's the other way around. Well, I have to trust people before I can be vulnerable with them and, and actually ask them, what do you think I should do? But if you are familiar with Brene Brown, um, a dominant speaker around shame and vulnerability um, on TED Talks, and she's written several books, um, I think she's right. We have to be vulnerable with people, and that vulnerability will breed the trust that we're looking for. And of course, that involves risk. But as you read this passage in Hebrews, you know, the cloud of witnesses, even the people around us, they're cheering you on. The community is cheering you on because they want what's best for you. Jesus is a part of that community. He wants what's best for you. You know, the Apostle John said that Jesus sent us the Spirit, a, a, a person who comes alongside of us. Jesus is traveling with you in this journey, not watching from somewhere far away. But when you're open to him, he's with you and he's cheering you on. And God has given us all these resources for being able to discern his will. He's given us the scriptures, which we don't treat like a prescription book, but we let the scriptures show us God's heart. We let the scriptures lead us to Jesus. And as we open up to Jesus and his lordship, then he's putting the desires in us to actually do what God wants. I think often when it comes to God's will, we're so fussed about all the minutiae and details of whether we should do this or that. And I, as I read the scriptures more and more, I see that God seems to be more interested in who you are becoming than about the decisions you're making. And I think um, being uh, will lead to proper doing. So when we let the scriptures lead us to Jesus, when we seek a community of people who will speak into our lives, it's about transformation. We become new creations. And that's about our character. That's about who we are. And as we allow God to shape that, what becomes, I think, easier is then the stuff that comes out of that. The, the doing comes out of the being. 
And I think if we spend most of our lives trying to focus on the doing part, uh, we've left out the being, the transformation, the heart change, the life change. And if we deal with that, I think the doing will be a lot easier for us. And finally, I just think in a lot of the cases that you might be trying to figure out what God's will is, um, there's often more than one right answer. And, and I just think there's lots of freedom uh, that if you're not doing things that are immoral or you're not doing things that are damaging other people, if, you're, if what you're doing is, is just building on the, the idea of loving people as Jesus loved us, uh, there's so much freedom in that to be doing a whole variety of different things. And I think the community is just a great way to discover what God wants for you and to seek the, the value of trusting them and letting them have a voice into the decisions that you're making. I encourage you to take that risk. When you uh, click on the, the notes section in the, the video description, it'll take you to the notes. In the New Life at Home section, uh, there's a, a section called Give It a Try. And this is what I say. Think about a decision that you want to make, like how much you should give to charity. And invite a couple of friends who also follow Jesus to ask you questions and give you input into that decision. Why not give that a try this week and let the community uh, speak into your life? in what it means to discern God's will. And maybe it's not giving to charity, it might be something else, but, but give that a try. I want to finish by um, praying the prayer that we've also given you in the New Life at Home. We encourage you to use this through the week. You can use it as a family, as a couple, as individuals. It's not extensive, but here's a daily prayer that you could pray this week, and I invite you to pray with me now. Heavenly Father, help us know your will by our willingness to speak with one another about the desires of our heart, and help us respond with love and grace toward one another. May we find guidance in the scriptures for doing your will, and may we be open to the Spirit's leading. Teach us to be a people of obedience, both to you and to one another. In Christ's name, amen. Thanks for checking in with us today. Uh, again, sorry for the technical difficulties, but uh, trust that... Um, this week, you will see the value of community in following Jesus and discerning what it is that God wants for you. We'll see you next Sunday as we talk about uh, experience and the Holy Spirit. And then two weeks from now, Christopher and I will actually sit here together and we will try to answer the questions that you're raising uh, about discerning God's will. So we didn't use the poll this week because of uh, the technical issues. But if you have questions about what I've said this morning or about the previous Sundays, you can email those to me, paul at newlifecollingwood.com. And we'll put that in the video description. And uh, you can click the link and send me an email and ask your questions. And we'll, an we'll use the last Sunday just to answer the questions that have been asked uh, over the previous four weeks. We'll see you next Sunday. God bless.